0: Welcome back to Dester Cellian and yes, you must called me. It's been a while. Like the last time that I actually re- did anything regarding an episode was like, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, I've been too, too, well, I'm not gonna say busy, I'm gonna say, well, lazy. Anyhow. Today I brought something that has been finally, after 50 years, actually considered by the pentagon being a plausible thing, UFOs and alien encounters, but the one thing that has been not actually uh, accepted by people or by the pentagon is the claims that have been spun and fabricated or may be true I don't know by the people for over years let's start with top 10 of the most unbelievable stories in ufl counters and extraterrestrial with fact number 10 story number 10, George Adamski and attempting initial citing that set into lies the first person in our list is also one of the most well known and at one point Adam Ad- George Adamski was very much considered the real deal in terms of in contact in terms of contact with extraterrestrial race. Even today there is a disagreement among UFO circles as to whether his initials purportedly encounters were actually genuine though there are plenty of believers in those that are still sure that Adamski went on to fabricate and outright manufacture more stories whether for money attention or both true or not the begin in the beginning of November 1952 after several months actions he would reportedly witness and capture a flying sauc- oh, well, a picture of a flying saucer from his California home now the picture of this saucer is actually right now right in front of me. Let me just pull it up. oh shit, it actually looks like head of an a light that I actually have of a an island light that I have hooked onto my <laughs> onto my desk, except the one that I have has one one light bulb. this one has three like as like wheels supposed to be wheels. By the time Adamski was making claims of his trips to the moon, Venus, and various other locations in outer space, even his most ardent supporters were beginning to distance themselves. If there was any truth of George Adamski, it is a real shame that what appears to be obviously a fabrication and outright manufacturing of events that will overshadow it. What a shame! Now we're going to Clark leaves on another planet. Now either that reminds me of Coserpozerp from the world of from the world of Rick and Morty. And I think it was season two, episode six, if I still remember. And it reminds me also of our of the movie, which is of eighty nine, E E.T. Extraterrestrial, for those of you who have actually seen it. For those of you who haven't, please watch that movie because it would actually depict this story much better to say. Now, around the same time that Adamski was making his claims in Lake Fica, Elizabeth Clara, mean life form, but she had gone to his home world and conceived a child with him. Uh, Grimes who? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to make the joke. <laughs> In fact, Mythic would point out how many details in her claims were almost identical to Dosa Adamski. According to Clara, she successfully called down the alien she called Akon. What? <laughs> uh, SmackDad, I think, from 2001. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my days. Okay, this is gonna be. This is good. Okay, here's the. This episode is going to be filled with puns. I'm sorry, guys. So, for those who are like this, please. Who would arrive in his scout ship. From there, they would transfer to the main mothership. And then travel to Methon. Which is Aegon's home planet. Accordingly. Now, he was in the Alpha Century system. Like the planet is. So, that means it's around... 1 billion light years? Yeah, 1 billion light years across where? Alpha Alpha Centauri, Alpha Centauri. Oh, it's in Cassiopeia. Wow, that's far. Dang. Now for those of you who don't know what it like what I'm talking about, I'm actually talking about this galaxy where it is, where this system is. It's a micro system that has five planets and a small sun that used to be, well, used to be a possible Earth substitute if there was a chance of, like, of the technology to be available. Cowboy Bip-Up? <laughs> I'm so old, what can I do? However, the sun that they conceived would remain with acon and Methon. As you might imagine, this did little for Clark's credibility. She would nevertheless stick to her story, despite the fact that she was almost universally not believed. Ugh. Yeah, I guess. What can I say? I mean, you gotta leave your child alone. I mean, it's like you're gonna drift off between galaxy to galaxy looking for him, Buying a sex doll and conceiving a child from your genes. Yeah, I'm recalling a lot of Rick and Morty. (laughs) Good lord. This quarantine is having it on me. Literally, I haven't gone out in over three months right now. Since January. Since late January. Like, I didn't go out to friends. I didn't go out for funsies. I, I only go out to buy groceries go to a doctor or in emergency, like a doctor, like a dentist or something like that, because I have problems with my jaw. Or I would like... Or I would go like, just get groceries, I'm not even like from far away, actually, in neighborhood. Then I'd be back in my house, staying in my room for hours and hours and hours on end. I mean, no wonder I'm an introvert. People tell me like, oh, you're, you're such an extreme introvert. Let's go with number eight, or story number eight. Ludwig Pullman develops branches of aliens. Now, here's the thing. All these stories are actually from the of the 50s. Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me see. Let me check. Yeah. Yeah, the oldest one is of 52. The recent one, the most recent one is... Oh, the most recent one is actually in... Where is it? No? Oh, okay. Okay, so the most recent one is actually on the year of my birth. well Actually, it's not exactly a... It's actually a book inspired by the story that was published in 1997. Well, we'll see about that. That's fact number two. We still have about five more. Yeah, new. No. Let's go with story number eight, I guess. Ludwig Polman develops a friendship with the race of aliens. What? Now, in the mid-60s, a German businessman, Ludwig Paulmann, would claim to have discovered an alien base in Brazil. And furthermore, has established a contact with its occupants. What? He had his first made contact with one of these mysterious visitors on a Bombay, now called Mumbai, trained, around 1964, and has began speaking with them, and notice how strange his voice was, and how perfectly white his hair glowed. He would meet the same figure again and again, learning that his name was, according to Pullman, Satu Ra. Is it inspired by an egyptian god i guess when he was on business in south america several years later he would meet up with the apparent alien being once more as well members of his family among with the many claims made by Paulman, is that the alien visitors were running various programs and experiments with terrestrial fruit which they were hybridizing at their secret bases on the planet. Furthermore, he was given a crystal ring that would glow and heat up slightly when the aliens were nearby. Perhaps one of the most outlandish of Pullman's stories, if only because of its human-like quality, it is of hearing of a disaster that has been befallen an alien ship on another planet. One of the aliens he had been introduced to Previously named City, was apparently killed shortly after this event. Coincidentally or not, came several sort of sightings of a large silver disc, where Polman claimed the alien had their base. Needless to say, many of the folk <laughs> community were are aware of Polman's well Paul Mann's alleged encounter. Most distance themselves from such claims. Well, it is the most outlandish, because here's the thing. There is a rule in psychology that says, well, it's not just in psychology, actually, it's a general rule in life. It says the survival is for the strongest. Now, here's the thing. If we are working with Darwin's law, which is natural selection, each species, no matter human or not, no matter animal or not either, they would look for a way to survive. Like, dinosaurs has evolved. Like, here's the thing. like, Dinosaurs were as big as, I don't know, as big as Borsh Khalifa, if, if I could say. Now they're like as small as a lizard. I mean, just one thing. The entire species, the entire marsupial species... His ancestor is direct ancestors of dinosaurs, tigers, mammoths, like mammoth is like the great, great 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 grandfather of an elephant you know same thing for a wolf, like the dire wolf is like only few generations older than the black wolf or the gray wolf. same thing goes for the cyber tooth tiger. Same thing for a puma. Same thing for a chicken, for God's sake. I mean, who knew a pterosaurus or a T-rex is actually the ancestor of a chicken? <laughs> Come on. Just this makes you feel that something has to work. This law does work the natural selection, except in one point... The, how to say this, uh, this selection, ow, this mosquitoes is actually biting me like hell, ow. Anywho, uh, what was I saying? Uh, this natural law does happen, whether we like it or not. Let's say, for example, like, our ancestors, they may have human species, like, human genes and all of that but they may have had probably more fluid in their bones probably more rigid muscles like we don't i know i don't i know i i i sound like i sound like a rough person but i look like a flipping teddy bear <laughs> i get poked like a marshmallow <laughs> It's true. I mean, our ancestors were probably giants. Who knows? They were probably furballs, like hairy Bigfoot. And we don't know. We do not know. I mean, there are studies, of course, but we cannot know for sure. Because we do not have fossils of every single generation. What we do have, though, is a codex in our own DNA. That is the key. Now, as long as we do not have a body slash face recognition or rebuilding in our genes, like we cannot have that. We do not have that software yet. We do not have that genes yet. I mean, even if we did, it's impossible to know. It's really impossible to know. So, yeah, that's kind of tough. Now with story number seven, Walter Rizzi develops telepathic abilities after a chance of meeting with aliens. Not meeting. I know where your brains goes. Although the details of this encounter are not particularly outlandish, there is a still persistent feeling among many UFO circles that a pinch of salt should perhaps be at the ready when it comes to claims of Walter Rizzi from Polzano, Italy Which he would make ten years after a supposed incident in 1978 after pulling his car to the side of the road near an underpass to get some sleep Rizzi would awaken to see a disc-shaped craft hovering near the vehicle Even more concerning was a humanoid entity making his way towards him. The being would communicate Rizzi using telepathy. It is perhaps interesting to note that, similar to Paul's man's story, the alien Rizzi men described were looking for vegetation, fruit and minerals that are rich on the planet Earth and are of great value to them. It is in a similar way to many sightings of the time Although we should remember that Freezy waited a decade before speaking of the encounter. The witness would state that he was warned of an impending disaster that would affect around 80% of the planet. Uh, was he talking about the coronavirus? Because that's what's happening right now, buddy. (sniffs) That's like, what? 20... no. Uh... Funny no. Forty-two years. Seriously, dude. You waited forty-two years to happen. Come on. Now, with story number six, Carol Watts learns that aliens are watching humans as they are near the cosmos. Perhaps by comparison to many others on this list, or the ones that I've spoken about. The claims of Carol Watts are relatively pedestrian. However, there are many who remain suspicious, the, with some noting of Watts' desire from, for financial return regarding the sightings, all which took place over a period of six months in during 1967 in Wellington, Texas. He would claim to first witness a cigar-shaped craft while driving between fields and buildings on the family farm. He approached the object, which hovered low to the ground, and was asked by a voice that was neither masculine nor feminine if he was willing to submit to a rigorous physical examination. If he passed, he would be allowed to travel with the occupants into space. Although he would initially decline the adventure, this invitation, oh my days, In subsequent meetings, he agreed and ultimately went into space with the aliens. According to the conversation that took place during this cosmic journey, he was informed that these alien visitors would regularly come and go as they pleased from the Earth. Perhaps more worryingly, he was informed that many alien races in space were concerned with humanity's apparent impending arrival, in the cosmos and of humans becoming spacefaring race. Uh aren't you all falling down, buddy? Anyhow, huh. let's go with fact number five or should I say story number five. We're already midway, so that's kinda cool. Now this story is kind of sad to be honest because it resonates in a personal level with me. Even though I never had a sighting of an alien, but I have lost someone dear and near to my heart a few years back. Um, story number five talks about a Howard Bender meets his former lover from a past life on Venus. Even though on Venus you cannot survive because there is literally like 4,500 million uh, degrees of Fahrenheit. That could literally melt off your skin. Well, melt you off in total. If you even try to pass the giant clouds of toxic gas. <laughs> but still. According to alleged con- Oh my god. I was gonna say a bad word. Contactee Howard Minder was invited aboard a UFO in the summer of 1956. He not only was taken in outer space, but to the moon. He claimed to have witnessed an alien civilization and huge structures on its surface. An already bizarre set of encounters would turn even weirder, though. When a strange woman would attend a lecture, Menger was giving on the subject of contact with space brothers sisters. The woman's name was Connie Weber. It was... Menger's belief that he and Weber had once been a couple during a past life that they had shared on Venus. What? Rather than leaving such a notion at that, Menger promptly divorced his wife and began a relationship with Weber. Perhaps even Straton was a television interview he would give in 1960 in which he stated that he... The entire story was false. However, rather than admit that he had simply made out the account of the neutron tree, or even the money, he stated that he was a part of a top-secret military experiment public, on the reaction out to alien contacts, which a claim, like his original one, would divide the opinions. Ew, ew, boo. Ding dong. Hm. Story number four. Luciano Galli takes a strip. A strip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Well, I'm not tired. I'm just weird. Uh, what the hell did I say? <laughs> That's rude of me. Sorry. Luciano Galli takes a trip into space during his lunch hour. Now, in July 1957, Italian businessman Luciano Galli was returning back to work in Rome following his lunch break when a black car suddenly pulled up alongside him. The window went down, and a gentleman with a piercing black eyes leaned out. He asked Galli if he remembered him. Galli was about to respond that he didn't when a sudden wave of mysteries of memories, not mysteries washed through his mind, making him realize that he did indeed remember the strange man. He had seen him previously on Streets of Rome. The man asked Gali if he would like to go with them, and he ultimately got into the back of the vehicle. They would drive on the outskirts of the city, where a saucer-shaped UFO was waiting for them. After they boarded it, the craft shot off into the sky. The spaceship would take them to a huge mothership, which... Gali was then given a tour of. He was ultimately returned to the spot from where he was taken. While many would struggle to believe his account, he would claim that he didn't care what people thought. There were several similar reports around the world in the same year that perhaps lent him a bit of credibility. I mean, if we think about it, there were already two. Like, one is South Africa and the other in, uh, I think it was in Texas? Hold on, the first one. Uh, uh no, in California, which is of the same year. So, yeah. And there was also of the Howard Menger, the uh, lie about it. So, that's about it. Let's go with story number three. Hubert Lewis meets aliens from Venus living among us. According to news agent Hubert Lewis in 1957, which is actually the same year of, of Lugali. Huh. I guess, I mean, here's the thing. I can think of a logical thing of why they were all almost in the same year, or at least in the same time. I mean, don't forget, the events of that year was, there was a Cold War. The people have gone out of the World War 2, World War 1, uh, the race against the clock, the race against each other for armaments, especially nuclear armaments, uh, <laughs> space invasion, um, fake news. So it was very easy for these people to maybe fabricate. Not maybe, actually. Upright fabricate, for God's sake. These type of stories, and even fake out pictures and all of that, because it was easy. It's not like today, where people could spot a Photoshop. Actually, in those times, it was very easy to control the mind of the public. So, that being said, this is kind of mind-blowing, for me at least. Especially since it's like 60 years later. I mean, 1957, my father was like about, what, 14? My mother was like, what, 4 or 3? So I know what it's like. And yes, my parents are old. Shut up. (laughs) Anywho. Now, the news agent has witnessed a disc-shaped object and its occupants were cycling through the town church certain in search fire. Shropshire? No, Shropshire. What the hell? Where the hell is that? I think that's probably in England. So, because they said news agent and not, not news reporter, because news reporter is something that they say in America and... Anywho. <clears throat> in order to pick up the newspapers. Now, when a tall figure appeared in the road in front of him, Lewis demanded to know who the stranger was. Almost... Without thinking, the occupant replied to the news agent not to need to fear him. The two would speak around half an hour, the metallic disc hovering in background. All the while, as their conversation progressed, and the wind, which has previously been relatively brisk, seemed to drop, although strangely, Lewis could still hear it. Following the meeting, Lewis claimed that he had to have developed some certain psychic abilities, Furthermore, he claimed to receive visits from high-ranking police officers who would advise him to forget certain matters and advice to which he initially agreed. However, several months later, he would encounter the alien beings and their craft again, this time in a field. He was informed that he would claim that the aliens were from the planet Venus and were living in disguise among the population of Earth. For some reason, this sounds fishy. Like a fish in a a small tank. Jesus Christ. I mean, here's the thing. I may be Muslim and pacifist with every single creature. I mean, sighting or not. But these lies, man. Good grief. I mean, here's the thing. It's not even plausible. It's outright lie. Like, if only it was, like, sort of plausible. It may seem plausible at that time, like I said it again. Like I said it before. Not again. Like I said it before. It sounds like a very plausible thing. (laughs) But it's just a lie. Holy cow. Ooh. Ooh. That's some snazzy. Now we are going to London. So it seems that... Hoshishya Church, it seems. It's in England. Probably in the east or the west. I don't know. I really don't know England that much. I mean, I know US. I don't know England. So Don't fight me for that. The story of Sir Peter Horsley. I hope I've said his name right. Talks with an alien in a London sitting room. Now, Sir Horsley or Sir Peter Horsley had a remarkable career in Royal Aircraft, which is also known as RAF. Indeed, at his height, he was the deputy commander in chief of RAF Strike Command. However, in nineteen ninety-seven, he, after he had retired, he released a book, or D-book, Sounds from Another Room, which he recounted. Speaking with an extraterrestrial being in a dark room in London House. As a result, he was almost universally cut adrift by his military colleagues. Horsley stated how he was invited in 1954 to meet a mister Janus. <coughs> if this was pronounced in South African, it would be yeah, <laughs> Oh my god. Oh my god. Linguistic jokes. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm gonna stop. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I will stop with the jokes. Okay. Who would speak to the military man from a shadowy corner of the room? Horsley wrote about how he had the distinct feeling that this Jay was able to read his mind. Furthermore, he would keep firm control of the conversation all the time. The conversation revolved about Britain's future nuclear capabilities, and Jay demonstrated an intricate knowledge of the British military, as if to convince Horsley with his authenticity. It was following this meeting that Horsley began to rise rapidly in the ranks of RAF, whether that rise is connected to the meeting or not. Despite the, the bizarre mat- Nature of Horsley's nature, it would be strange for such a decorated individual to choose to draw attention to himself for no good reason. Now, with the latest story Gosta Carlson develops pharmaceutical companies following a meeting, or should I say, meetings with aliens. Whatever the antithesis. Of this claim of Swedish ice hockey player Gaster Carlson, a location in the town of Alngelholm, now boasts a concrete memorial of the affair. Carlson claimed that while he was walking the countries in May of 1946, he witnessed a strange saucer-shaped craft landing in a nearby field. Furthermore, the occupants of this craft venture outside communicated with him, even passing on a natural remedies recipes. Oh, that's nice. So valuable was this meeting that Carlson would go on, found two pharmaceutical companies, he was ultimately very successful and went on to become the owner of the first professional ice hockey team in Sweden. All of this success according to Carlson was down to the chance meeting with the extraterrestrial in that afternoon in Angerholm. Needless to say, many people and even in the UFO community struggle to believe this story, at least in full. Whether his account is true or not, the momentum the monument, not the momentum, whoops. The monument is one of the only two pertaining to the UFO incidents in all over Europe. And the other one is being in Poland to mark the Emilissen encounter. Oh, Too bad they didn't see it. Ah, shiznit. Shit shenanigans. Anywho. Well, I thank you so much for listening. Hope you had a wonderful night. A wonderful listen. And I'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Oh, yes. Also, before I go. uh, Take care of your asses. Be safe home. And be wary of Any encounters?